Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. He brings to your mind that area that you need to correct. You see, if you let too many yesterdays go by, you get hardened in heart. How many know that when you should have apologized to your spouse or child or whatever, and it goes the next day and the next day, and it gets harder and harder and harder to do it? Plus, you're miserable around the house. You know, you're not talking at normal. Everybody notices and We should have done it the first time it happened right there. In today's message, we'll continue our study through the Gospel of Mark. We'll be reminded that this life is a battlefield, one that we can't always see, but we know it's there. Pastor Mark will give us yet another tool to combat the efforts of the enemy. That tool is prayer. Understand that prayer is important in the life of every believer. Prayer is how we communicate with God. So when our prayer life is healthy, when we're conversing with God daily, when we're taking the time to listen to his still, small voice, we can have victory. You see, when we hear from God, we're hearing the pure and simple truth. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 35, as he continues teaching through our message entitled, The Battlefield of Life. We're just going to be Jesus this morning and put ourselves in his shoes. Now, verse 35 brings us to the point of what happened the night before, the day before. The day before was the first day of ministry, really, for Jesus. With He only has four of his disciples at this point. He ministered in the morning. You remember last week we taught you in the synagogue. He taught and the people were, wow. Then he went and had lunch at Peter's home and healed Peter's mother-in-law. Then that night, the crowds just jammed in the house. And he prayed, and he ministered, and he healed the sick, and he delivered those who had demons, and he worked way late into the night. Now, after he had this first huge full day of ministry, we'll see in verse 35 what the next day is like. For some of us, we didn't take him the day off. Busy day. We'll see Jesus. Now, we're going to take a multiple choice test to start this morning. How many are glad it's not essay? Yes, because you can kind of fake it. So we're going to take a look and see which one of these five choices you have. So let's take a look at verse 35. It reads like this. Very early in the morning, this is Jesus, while it was still dark. Here's choice number one. Did Jesus go to McDavid's for a sausage biscuit and coffee? No. Now, one of the reasons he didn't do that, he was Jewish, and you couldn't eat a sausage biscuit. Some of you missed that. All right. Number two. Did Jesus hear the alarm clock? Shut it off and go back to sleep. How many relate to that one? Number three, did Jesus hear the alarm clock and hit the snooze button? How many really? All right, now here's for you spiritual people, number four. Did Jesus wake up and say, I think I'll pray while lying here in bed? How many tried that? How many failed? Yes. Or number five, did Jesus do none of the above? 
Which answer? None of the above. Let's look and see in verse 35 what he really did. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, don't turn off. Some of you, when you hear prayer, go, I'd like to be in a different place this morning. Boring prayer. You have a whole wrong concept. I think you'd be excited as we share with you about prayer. I have five points for you this morning, plus a few other things. So if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to do that, the first one is this this morning. Prayer is a priority. It's insightful to me to see that Jesus has his interns with him. The four disciples. Soon he'll add another eight. He'll have 12 disciples. And he's trying to share with them how to live, what to do. He gives, he actually does three things in this verse. The first thing he does is he gets up. You see, good intentions, how many know, don't count. Many of us want to lie in bed and say, I'm going to pray this morning. It's a little chilly out, or I don't want to get out, so I'm just going to lay here and pray. How many know that you usually sleep and don't pray? So good intentions don't count. Jesus got up. First step. Secondly, he left the house and he got quiet. Now, we're in Jesus' shoes, you remember. In the little teeny house where he's at, Peter's home, He doesn't have a separate bedroom like you and I might have, so you could go off and go to a separate area and be quiet. It's interesting to me that in this situation, there's no phones, there's no TV, there's no satellite, there's no car traffic, and yet Jesus wanted to get alone. Why? Because the place was crammed with people. Probably three or four slept in the room, on the floor, in the little mats that they do over there. So he knew He wanted to get to a quiet place. The only way to do that was to get out of the room and go to a quiet place. Jesus did that. So first he gets up. Secondly, goes to a quiet place. Third, he prayed. Jesus knew that prayer was a priority of ministry. The day before, he'd been in a spiritual battle. We talked to you about that. He delivered people from demons. He was going to be in a spiritual battle for the next three and a half years of his life. He knew the Word of God was the offensive weapon as it is for you and I this morning. The Word of God, Ephesians 6 tells us, is the sword of the Spirit. It's the offensive weapon. But prayer is the energy in your life to operate the sword. You got it. So Jesus knew that prayer was a priority. Write this one sentence down. I think you'll relate to it. Prayer is the deciding factor in spiritual warfare. Prayer is the deciding factor in spiritual warfare. Let's review for a moment. We have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. They're battling each other. God had a plan for Jesus. It was to go to the cross, provide salvation from you and I, because sin separates man from God. The only way to be right with God is with Jesus on the cross. In between that time when he would die on the cross, he's going to make disciples. That's God's plan. He's going to minister to people's lives in between that, but he's basically going to make disciples, share the good news, go to the cross and die. Satan is against that plan. Satan wants to keep Jesus from fulfilling God's plan for his life. Jesus knew this. 
unless he got with God on a daily basis in prayer, that Jesus would end up doing his will, walking his way, ministering in his own strength. So he knew that he had to get before God to get direction for his life, to get power and authority. Otherwise, it's Jesus' will versus God's will. It's the very same thing for you and I this morning. You see, if there's no time of getting up, getting quiet, and listening and praying to God, if there's none of that in my life, then my life every day will be lived in my own wisdom and my own direction. And Jesus knew that it was a priority to pray. He was trying to share this with his disciples. You see, Jesus, he came to this earth as God, but he came to this earth in human form. So Jesus was always dependent on his Father. You got that? Now why? Here's what Jesus would say. I only do those things that he tells me. I only do those things that he tells me. So God spoke to Jesus and would direct him. So Jesus lived dependent on the direction and the authority and the power from God for his life. That's exactly how you and I have to live. If Jesus, the Son of God, had to have direction and power from a daily conversation with God, how do you and I think we're going to make it with our plan, with God's plan in my life, without that same thing? So knowing that, Satan will always try to keep you and I from conversing with God. Always. You know that. Prayer is a very difficult thing for many of us. We, we struggle with that. Now, when I'm talking about prayer, I'm not talking about you getting up early in the morning and praying for five hours every morning, you know, being monks or whatever, going off somewhere. That, that's unrealistic at all. I'm talking about small periods of time during the week when you pray to God. Now, let me show you a couple things that Satan will do to keep us from prayer. The first thing Satan will do in your life, as he would in Jesus' life, to keep me from prayer is this. There's no time for prayer. There's just no time, is there? The pressures of this life are incredible, aren't they? As you look at your daytime, and there's my daytimer over there, and look at my daytimer, where is there any time for anything? Now, what did Jesus do the day before? Morning to night. And we would think, bypass this prayer deal, tired in the morning. But the very first thing that he does is go and get in communion with God. So, if you in your life don't set some schedule of time, somewhere in the week, two or three days, whatever, four days, few minutes, if you don't set the schedule, you'll never pray. If you don't schedule it, you won't pray. If you don't say, okay, Pastor Mark said, I'm going to try. By the way, very important as you listen to this, we can teach on prayer, you can get the tape on prayer, you can sing about prayer, you can read about prayer, and that's usually what we do, and we don't pray. So as I'm teaching this morning, just don't take those notes and go, oh, nice note, number four, number five, number six, good sermon, Pastor, thanks a lot. What I want you to do is pray. So I'm going to give you some practical things to do. So number one, as you go home today, say, okay, on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday, I'm going to get up 10 minutes early. I'm going to get up 10 minutes early and pray. So the very first thing he'll try to do is keep you because there's no time. Now notice something interesting with Jesus. Jesus allowed the pressures of life 
to drive him to prayer instead of not praying. We do exactly the opposite. I'm too busy. The pressures of life. So instead of praying, we don't pray. Jesus did the opposite. Secondly, Satan will do this. He'll try to make sure in your life there's no quiet time. When you get out to begin to pray, you take just a few times, few moments a week. You'll be very surprised in that quiet time, whether it's in a room or wherever you can get, that at 4.30 or 5.30 in the morning, the phone will ring. Wrong number. Never rings before. Doesn't ever ring on any other day at 5.30 in the morning, but on that day it will happen. Secondly, the dog from next door will start barking and interrupt your quiet. And by the way, there is no dog next door. You don't know where he came from. You'll find that happening in your life. You'll get in and you say, you have no place to pray, so some of you guys have to go out to work. There's no place. Get in your car, drive to the parking lot, park on the far end, and pray for a few moments. Then somebody become, hey, you got your light. Somebody will interrupt you. So you have to realize that that's the enemy. He doesn't want you to get quiet. The other thing that I always do when I take that time of prayer, immediately 55 things come into my mind that I'm supposed to be doing that. So I, I know stupid now. I bring a pad of paper and I write those down. Then I get right back to prayer. Before I get up, go get the paper, start writing down, forget I was praying and off to where I went. How about you? So remember, no time, quiet. Third thing he'll do is this. He'll convince you in your life that you don't need to pray. The reason you and I don't pray now is because we see no need to pray. Why do I need to pray? I'm living my life. What's the big deal? And he'll continue to do that. I think that's the biggest one is convincing you and me that I can live in my own strength and my own power. That's totally false. And we need to understand that. Now, let's look at number two. Number two is prayer is a two-way conversation with God. Two-way conversation with God. The minute I mentioned prayer this morning, some of you went, prayer, boring. It isn't boring. A conversation is with another person. In prayer, who are you talking to? God. God. Prayer is boring? You're talking with God. I see in prayer a lot, and I don't mean make fun, but correct yourself this morning. When I talk to Gabe, I don't do this. Hey, Gabe, how was the ball game last night? Hey, Gabe, what are you going to have for dinner? Hey, Gabe, nice dress. Hey, Gabe, how many hours are you working this week? Hey, Gabe, hey, Gabe, hey, Gabe. Some of you, when you pray, every other word is God. Wait a minute. He heard you the first time. Father, then pray. You don't have to keep repeating it. You're still talking to the same person. You know, it's like you've gotten this habit of holiness. Every fourth word is Father or God or Jesus. Forget all that. It's conversation with God. So it isn't weird, it's a conversation from my spirit to a living God. And He wants to talk to me. Now conversation is two-way. So it's between me and God, and between God and me. So it's both ways. Many Christians stop at the first. Big Santa Claus in the sky. And the only reason I talk to God is when I'm, my face is up against the wall. And I go to God. Isn't it interesting that he answers you then? Most of us wouldn't even... You know, if somebody called you and you haven't seen them in seven years and they call you and ask for 25 bucks. <clears throat> That's the way we treat God, isn't it? Well, I haven't been around too often, but you know, I'm really going to buy now. If you'll really deliver me now, I'll serve you every day. 
He knows already you're lying. But he still does what? Talks to us. That's why God's God. He's gracious. He's long-suffering. So, on that morning that Jesus got with his father, I just tried to think of what maybe he said. Let me give you some things. This isn't in your Bible. So you can, just, you can use your own imagination. Here's some things in that quiet morning that Jesus probably said to his father. Man talking to God. Dad. That's good, isn't it? Who's his dad? By the way, who's God for you? He's your dad. He's your heavenly father. That's not disrespectful. He's your heavenly father. Dad, here's what Jesus probably said. Yesterday was a really busy day. It felt so great to be in the synagogue and to teach your word. Just to see the people's eyes light up for the first time as they heard how great you are. That they could be right with God. Maybe the second thing Jesus said to his father was this. Satan is really powerful. I couldn't believe, Father, how many hurting people there are here. But it was so neat to watch you deliver and free them. This is an exciting ministry. Maybe the third thing he said was, you know, we went to Peter's house for the Sabbath meal. I really do enjoy eating. Can we do this in heaven forever? This is a great thing. You see, God has a sense of humor. Sure. The last thing probably maybe he said was this. Okay, God, Dad, where are we going to minister today? You know, we were ministering yesterday in Capernaum. Probably the people will be there waiting. Is that where we're going to minister? You see, write this down in your notes. The word yesterday. Yesterday. I think it's important when you're praying to have the, a notepad with you, to have a Bible with you, just for those few minutes a day. And one of the things that I try to do when I do this, and sometimes I don't do as well as I should either, I write the word yesterday. And I look back at what happened in my life yesterday. It's very important, I think, that you do that. And I believe Jesus was reflecting on the day before. You see, there's things when you look back on the day before that you'll be encouraged about and you can thank God for. Many times we think, man, God's never here, nothing's happened in my life. But when you stop and go back, you go, wow, I forgot about that. And I forgot about this. And I forgot about that. And you write down what happened yesterday and you get excited. Just this week, I was out looking for this piece of material and I couldn't find it. I went to this hardware store and couldn't find it. I went to the next hardware store, couldn't find it. As I'm walking out of that store, I ran into somebody from the church. I can't go anywhere anymore without running into somebody in the church. And I ran into this person. The person said, what are you looking for? And I said, well, this piece of whatever. And the guy told me, well, you can buy it down here. And he said, no, don't do that. Come on over. The, the I got a shop over here. And probably I've got one of those parts for it. I said, well, I don't mean to do that. I mean, whatever. He said, no, I want you to do it. I said, okay. So I drove over and followed him over. As I drove in, they found that he had a, a friend there. And and uh, that person comes to this church too and, and I found the part, whatever and I said to the other individual, we got talking just for a few moments and he wanted to show me something so we went off and showed something and began to talk and he said, did you know this has happened in my life? And I can't tell you because it's personal. And I said, no, I didn't know that at all. Basically he began to cry and in the next half hour I ministered to him and I said to him at the end of this do you know, I was supposed to be out looking for a piece of material but God had other things in mind. And I came there, and he says, I was shocked when you drove in the driveway. And I said, well, that shows you how much God cares for you. 
See, and yesterday when I wrote it down, the next day I went, God really does care about individuals. Wow. You see, God could care less what I was doing as an artsy craftsy guy at home because he knows I have no other talents anyway, so whatever, it's going to look hokey anyway. So he says, forget that, Balmer, let's get about the stuff that's really good here. He had me minister to this young man, and I thought, wow. So I put that down on yesterday. Now, some other times on yesterday when you review your life, the Holy Spirit through the Word will say to you, you blew it yesterday. You lost your temper. You lied. You gossiped. And I have to go, you're right. And I confess. I write it out. You're never going to see my book. My wife doesn't even look. Because it's private between me and God. You see, so I take a little time to assess what happened yesterday. And that gives me encouragement for today. It's important that you and I look at yesterday and give thanks for all the things that God has done for us, but also allow God to speak to us. Now, so I am speaking to God in my quiet time. I'm asking Him things in direction. By the way, don't get hokey. Don't get weird. As we talk about the second part here, not only does man talk to God, but God talks to man. Now, if you're one of these, and here's what you think when I say that, Good morning, Mark. How are you this morning? If you're hearing voices like that, we have a couple places for you. There's one in Melbourne. There's one in Rockledge. God speaks to us not like that. He speaks to us through this. As I'm speaking to you this morning, God's speaking through His Word. It's alive. It's going to your heart. Maybe I mentioned the word sin yesterday. Boom. He got you. He brings to your mind that area that you need to correct. You see, if you let too many yesterdays go by, you get hardened in heart. How many know that when you should have apologized to your spouse or child or whatever, and it goes the next day and the next day, and it gets harder and harder and harder to do it? Plus, you're miserable around the house. You know, you're not talking at normal. Everybody notices and We should have done it the first time it happened, right there. So when God speaks to us, He speaks to us through His Word. Now, I wanted to get that project done. God had something else in mind. By the way, it worked out fine. See, when He directs you, everything else just fits into place. may not be what you wanted, but it's best for the kingdom. So as you go through that, God's going to speak to us. Now, He's going to speak to you as you sit there and pray, normally through His Word. He will direct you. So I always read a little passage and have it there and let him speak to me. Secondly, he'll speak to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. You have that peace and that, that direction. And the third thing, he's going to speak to us, as we know, through circumstances. So here's the principle. When God speaks to you, he never, ever goes against what he's written in his word. This is what you use. You don't use some doctrine from a church for anybody. You use the word of God. God would never speak to man that which we says exactly the opposite in his word. This man is deceived, the world is deceived, and Satan loves it. So that's why we teach through the word of God. So you can look at it and say, is that what it says? Is that what it means? No commandments. Come on. God still speaks to his children. That's one of the key notes that we learn today. Now, if you told people that you heard from God, they might look at you with a puzzled face. But that's because people have forgotten that God doesn't change. He still speaks to his children, just like he did in times past. 
and he wants to speak to you. He wants to give you direction and wisdom. But are you listening? Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now, be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark will remind us that we're to walk according to the truth of God's Word, not according to our own fleshly wisdom. Remember what the scriptures say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. You see, our understanding is limited, but God knows no bounds. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.